2: Hello, I hope you're well, please. Thanks for listening to Hoovering. It's a special episode this week because you'll be relieved to know I'm not going to blather on now begging you to spread the word about this podcast or come to live shows or become my patron because this episode is instead all about an incredible charity appeal. In this episode, I'm feasting and talking to the incredible Zoe Adjonyo, who I'm sure you'll know off Sunday brunch and a million other things. Her star is seriously ascending, and she's so lovely and so talented. The food she made us was mouth and heart, glowingly beautiful. We met because we're both ambassadors for this campaign. In brief, it's from a brilliant development charity called Afrikids, and the appeal is called Time to Shine. The end game of the appeal is to hugely increase the number of kids in ghana getting a basic education at the moment over 65 percent don't because they either can't afford the books or the uniform or just because their kids need to be working because they're trying to live off one pound fifty a week for the whole family it's ludicrous and africans have knocked it out of the park by securing a thing called uk aid match which means that between now and the fourth of march every single penny that they make from uk donations will be matched by our government our government coughing up for something good how cool is that very cool so if you do anything off the back of this podcast please may it be giving a dime or two to this appeal afrikids time to shine go to afrikids.org forward slash shine on with the podcast we met last week in zoe's ghana kitchen Well. We had Ghanaian food, but full disclosure, her beautiful, cool-as-fuck kitchen is actually in Hackney, where when I arrived, everything was already sizzling away. Outside of literally being in your kitchen, what <laughs> is Zoe's so Ghana kitchen? Zoe's so Ghana kitchen is, um, well,
0: it's a lot of things. It's hard to put it into a small box, because started up the supper clubs here. Yeah. Um, Pop-ups, residencies had a restaurant in Brixton. Okay. Um, which I closed in January this year. Right. And we still do lots of pop ups and residences and stuff, but mainly it's like we do a lot of catering and street food and festivals. Yeah. So basically Closed Ghana Kitchen as a is a food business that celebrates West African ingredients. Okay. Amazing. I like that.
2: <laughs> um kind long story short. Yeah, spot. no. Well and and also that keeps it quite sort of broad as well. I mean I don't think I know anything about food from Ghana really.
0: Well, yeah, so it's this is going to be complete education. So when I started this, it took off very, very quickly, and I really couldn't understand why, because I didn't think I was like an amazing <laughs> there
2: <to> for anything. Yeah, <laughs> I
0: definitely wasn't like nine years ago. I learnt a lot since then. <laughs> um,
2: it's, but, what are these sexy
0: mushrooms? Shi- they're shiitake. These are shiitake, yeah. Nice. We are making... Uh, a hybrid of a dish, which would normally be um, spinach, garden egg and okra, sort of Garden egg? Yeah, garden egg is a little white aubergine. <gasps> yeah, and it looks like... Nice! <laughs> so we're playing around with that, we've got some okra. Nice. Do you like okra? I love okra. Good, lots of people
2: don't. Oh, I love okra, but also when I looked at them just now, I thought, look at them massive, great big motherfucking (laughs) (laughs) But they're okra all along. But they're not ribbed. Oh, they're a little bit are. A little bit, yeah. Um, Apparently, the reason lots of people don't like them is it's it's textural, because they're... Is is? there something about when... When liquid hits the inside of that, it goes gelatinous. Or
0: something. No, so you know what it is? These pods inside, yeah. when, you, when you cut an okra open, all these little pods have mucus in them. Yeah, right. So what lots of people <laughs> tend to do is really chop up. Because weirdly, in West African food, and lots of Indian cooking, they like that mucus. Oh, right. The consistency. So in okra soup and like very traditional dishes, you find it's chopped very small, so that releases the mucus in the pods. Wow. Some people even separately boil the okra to get even more mucus out of it, though. Because obviously the reaction with the mucus and heat, you know, gives more of yeah, the goo. Yeah,
2: yeah. More goo. More goo. But I hated that sticky, yeah.
0: horrible, mucus
2: I don't mind thing. a bit of it, but I wouldn't want goo soup. <laughs> <laughs> bogies. It's bogeys. It's ruined by bogeys.
0: actually... But it's ultimately, a ultimately
2: if you say, yeah, I like okra, you're kind of putting your hands up to at least a childhood full of bogey eating.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> no, yeah, I can care. I mean, yeah.
0: How, how spicy do you that like your food? Really
2: spicy, please. Good. Proper pervert for it.
0: Anyway, uh, Garden Kitchen. So why does it exist? I guess people, because people don't know about Ghanaian food, and I realised there is was this huge gap in the market where there was like lots of great, traditional, small, hole-in-the-wall type places to eat. You know, service standards didn't really match what the contemporary Western diner would, would want. Yeah, <laughs> fine. To be honest, <laughs> contemporary any diner, let
2: alone. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
0: And yeah, people were cooking in those places for people in the community, not, not looking
2: not, outwards. Right, exactly, okay. Um,
0: and so, you know, I guess we created a space where it made the food accessible, Yeah. Um, good service. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you know, sometimes, you know, I used to go to restaurants, and it could take maybe three hours for a dish to come out or something, and people would look at you like... You
2: know, they're doing you a favour. Yeah, 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 comes. yeah. Or maybe that thing of like, you know, this is coming out of a family kitchen, <laughs> yeah. and that's what you wait for. Like you're a kid and not yeah. a customer. Well, yeah, um, so we fill that little gap. I think um, that's amazing.
0: People have been very kind and grew you know, organic. Not the kind. Design.
2: It's obviously good. Well, yes. Take take the compliment yeah. of the success. <laughs> yes. I think it's fascinating as well, isn't it? I think making stuff accessible to people that won't have ever tried it before. Yeah. requires a bit of confidence on everybody's part and a lot of patience on the people who are making the food's part because you're going to have to explain stuff, much like me, moronically asking. <laughs> like, I don't even know what this is. What I, is it a yam? It is. It's a cocoa yam. It's a cocoa yam. I guessed very slowly. That didn't show much confidence, did it? Is it a
0: yam?
2: It's a cocoa yam and they're really lovely because they're... They're beautiful. They do these in Lewisham, Asda. And I've never bought one because I've never known what to do with it. Can I sniff it?
0: Yeah. I mean, they're the, the kind of, I mean,
2: It's slightly coconutty, but it's more root vegetably, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like. I think I describe yams in the same way as like the. For West Africa, they're the carbs of the potato variety. Okay. So you have different types of yam. My yeah. prefer, preference is Puna because it's right. nice and fluffy and soft. So exactly. You know, like when you get a King Edward, it has that kind of texture and fabulous. Yeah. And cocoa yam just has a very, very slight sweetness to it. Okay. Kind of a nutty background. Lovely. Very delicate. Very nice. <laughs> Gorgeous. Um, so yeah. It's so part, yeah, part of the thing is, is that, how do you help people get to use, use these ingredients in ways yeah. that like they can build into their everyday cooking and don't have to spend five hours making a stew or yeah. half their life pounding foo and stuff like that. So yeah, adapting, interpreting, celebrating. Is plantain in there? That is plantain. So what spices are with that? We've got ground um, cloves, nutmeg, cinnamon, ginger. I'm going to add a little bit. Did you say fit? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say about those. Mm-hmm. Extra ginger. Oh, um, fresh ginger going in there, please, if you're listening. It'll be a nice smell.
2: Oh, um, and we call
0: this Kelly Welly, so it's a style of plantain. I've know.
2: heard of Kelly Welly. Have
0: you? Yeah. I mean, oh, it's I'll delicious. i put my
2: face over it and have a really nice time.
0: Sweet and savoury
2: all at once. Please. Yeah. What is your connection to Ghana?
0: My connection is my father's Ghanaian.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and so for context, my mother's Irish, so Irish Ghanaian is uh, you know, growing up with that mixed heritage was an yeah. interesting thing. Um, and my mum In Ireland? No, in London, East so mm. London i And yeah, you know, my dad obviously used to bring home these weird and wonderful ingredients. I you know there's like blue, horrible plastic bags. Yeah. they'll be bursting with like tilapia and shito and kinkai and like all this yam. What I'm are those things? What's tell tell us what tilapia? Tilapia is a fish. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of it's very like very thick, meaty flesh. Nice. It's really good. Yeah. And shito so is a hot pepper sauce made with smoked crayfish. <gasps> it's a little bit like Ooh. sambal. Or e- that XO, is Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That thing, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. nice. Um, things like this. But he used to cook. Like, he wouldn't, he wouldn't cook for, like, the family. He'd just be cooking for himself. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and I'd be like, Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on in it? Nothing. Typical bloke. Um, but no, and
0: my dad is like very—he was a very laconic character, um, very strange, odd man. Who kind of come in and out of my childhood, right? Mysteriously arriving with ingredients and then disappearing and arriving. Um, I, and I guess like watching him cook or being close to him cooking, I realised that you know for him that food was taking him home to Ghana, mm. and that's how I come, from the connection with it. I guess yeah. part of it was to. Like hang out with my dad, maybe, but yeah. Um, a bit more of it was realising, oh, we didn't have any Ghanaian family in London, whereas we used to go to Ireland like almost every weekend. Right,
2: okay, it. okay, too much. Too much. <laughs>
0: um, so I had a really, really strong concept of what my Irishness was, you know? Yeah. And I had zero concept of what my Ghanaianishness was. So, yeah. So food was the root in for me, and then um, I, don't know, I just fell in love with it, all the weird, beautiful flavours. Did I say weird? No, yeah. Delicious.
2: <laughs> Delicious. Well it would have been weird if you were if you weren't trying that and you wasn't sharing it. Yeah. <laughs> If he was cooking it, but then not sharing it. And
0: people always say to me, oh, did your grandmother teach you to cook? Everyone wants your grandmother to have taught you
2: how to cook. They do. They do. <laughs> that's so true. Why does everybody want... The, I think that's, that's there's definitely a sprinkling of patriarchy in that <laughs> yeah. desire, isn't there? <laughs> cooking like Nana, yeah. cooking like Grandma. There's still like a pervasive it's idea, same. a romantic idea that it can't have been our dad. My dad definitely was the co- one cooking in my house when I was growing up. Um but, oh, but he
0: wasn't I mean he wasn't a very I mean I wouldn't you know
2: like a great cook he
0: wasn't a great cook like one of the first if you, if you can call it a cookery lesson I mean I used to stand there when he was making like just like a simple stew or something I could smell it burning <laughs> and had a keen sense of smell aged eight and then um, I'd be like that, is that right? <laughs> yeah. and he would come over shift the pan a bit look at the backsplash, and then he'd say when it's I think I was do a picture of what my dad sounds like now. Yeah. <laughs> when it's on the wall, it's done.
2: <laughs> like, when it's on the wall, when it's so It's like splattering everywhere. <laughs> then it's cooked. Say scrumdiddly umptious. Oh no! And then you can be in my podcast. Scrumdiddly umptious. Like, so, one of the dishes I became well known for was
0: this like brown nut soup. We grew up calling it peanut butter shoots. It was the most delicious pot of hot, spicy, sweet, and you know, we cooked it with like mutton, so that deep, meaty, mm-hmm. narrowy flavours. Is that like satay, really? like
2: a sa- spicy it's satay a bit, yeah, It's sweet. very, very what close was... to satay, okay. yeah. I think it's better, but... Ooh. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> it sounds like maybe <clears throat> sweeter then, where's the sweetness coming from in that? Oh, all the sweetness is from the peanut.
0: Right. I mean, traditionally it's what like, you know, you'd grind the peanut and make your own paste and all right. that, but you yeah, get... In my house is a sunpat, jar of sunpat, which is nice. Still my favourite brand. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm supposed to you
0: know like the organic. amount of
2: foodie people I've spoken to who have like brought up the fact that their favourite peanut butter is some sugary yeah. American yeah. skippy oh, or yeah. sunpat. <laughs> I don't
0: like skippy. Skippy is too sweet.
2: Simon Rimmer's a big fan of Skippy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. About yeah that speak time, to him about that. <laughs> this is looking <laughs> telling yeah. off the chart.
0: What have we got? I've got lots of carbs actually and I was, yeah, so no, cooking bad. And then like, you know, my mum would, took up the mantle of trying to keep that African food alive in the house when he wasn't around. Um, that's cool, that. Cool. Yeah. And um, yeah, I used to cook peanut butter stew for my friends and stuff like that. And then, oh yeah, food, identity, and that's how it started. Yeah. And people just kept bugging me to keep cooking that particular dish because everyone loved it. And that's right. the dish I cooked for the first time here. It had been wicked making a sign saying Zoe's famous peanut butter stew (laughs) yes I love it (laughs) which obviously was only famous for like me and my friends until then it was a great marketing trip. yeah and yeah we had this like basically I literally borrowed a table because I didn't have a kitchen we had just moved into this and it was like 10 years ago yeah and my girlfriend at the time was using it as an art studio Mm -hmm. back in the day when Hackney Wick was full of actual artists yeah Um, and so yeah I borrowed a table I borrowed a baby belly oven and I borrowed a pot I went to Roman Rose and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna make a massive pot of peanut butter stew with and plantain.
2: Yeah.
0: Do you know Hackney Wicked Arts Festival? No. Oh. I need so to. There used to be, and you know, as I was saying, opposite me here is like artist studios but back then literally everybody was like, every, all of these were live workspaces, everyone was a fine artist or a poet or a, you know, yeah. um, in the creative arts or of some, some description. And so we used to have this thing, it was like huge open studios, and for that weekend, Pat Newwick then was like a wasteland, even more than it is now. Right. Like, way before gentrification. So there was nothing here, there was like no cafes, no anything. No yeah. So I saw all
2: this. No the beautiful people. graffiti everywhere. Yeah. And like, what is all that stuff stuck <laughs> up against the railings of the train station? And, um, it's cool.
0: Yeah, so, so try and make some money. And at the end of that, we're like this amazing party outside the house, and lots of people selling out three times a day and wow. this buzz around it and it was just really fun people were like oh you've got to do this again next week and, and i was like wow oh, i don't think i will thank you but I'm glad you like the food uh, and then a year later we turned this flat into a restaurant right and called it zoe's garden kitchen and we, like made loads of tables and chairs i went to ridley road for loads of fabric i made a spotify playlist with Afro beats and high Life and all that wicked it was really fun because people thought this was a restaurant people and it was full like Get ramen, in ra people trying to book for next Wednesday and next friday um, and it was like, it was a really fun exciting time and um, People, oh yeah, I just love bringing all these people together
2: I love them. it the joy in feeding people yeah. and then being happy with what you're feeding I think it's real yeah. it's almost as nice as eating yeah. um, <laughs> and you're starting doing that again out of here from the new year, from 2019 I oh am, yeah, I'm That's just going to go rather late yeah, yes.
0: yeah so you know, eight years of cooking West African food um, and over that time I've learnt a lot about A, the ingredients and B, you know, the profiles of those different things and you know, I keep trying to push myself because I'm not—you know—I don't have any colour, any training, or anything. So, and getting these ingredients to work in a way that's sexy on the plate is a challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's a big part <laughs> of selling it to people, obviously. Of course. Has there ever been an ingredient you can get your hands on in London? Not really. I mean, I'm super that's lucky amazing. because I've got Midley Road, and yeah. you know, you have all of those West African grocers lining up. Then th- the weird trick with that is. I mean, there's certain kind of grains of spices, which you can actually get really easily online, so like grains of paradise or um, guinea peppers, things like that. Okay. But every Thursday, if, if you go to Ridley Road every Thursday at just about 11am, right, that's the time. If you, if you, Is this a
2: secret you should be <laughs> revealing?
0: Well, I probably shouldn't. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's when you can get the really hard-to-get stuff, because that's, I guess, when things are that's, right. Yeah, That's, that's when week. they all come in and then, you know, everyone cracks it. Yeah, oh it's um, amazing, there's so many things on the go. This is huache. Huache, what's, what's that? Um, it's a style
0: of, it's like, it's basically rice coriander. and coriander. Vanilla? No, that is huache uh, leaves. Oh, huache so leaves. Yeah, so you cook the beans and rice together. Yeah. I mean, I've cooked it in a coconut oil, I some little bit of chilies in there. Yes. Uh, but these leaves, yeah, they give it like this purple. <gasps> okay. Mm. so they're not edible but they just kind of can I just colour it oh, wow, toasty oh I love it, this plantain is really super caramelised mm.
2: mm. um, <laughs> they've they got the best job in the world um,
0: <laughs> so are you asking me, I'm not very good at keeping a train of thought alive no,
2: who is, that's the joy podcast podcasts since you can edit them <laughs> Um, I, you're better than me. My God, I keep interrupting the train. I, I, I sort of actively unhelp um, all the people I talk to. How much does, like, food vary, would you say, within Ghana? I lot so actually, because right. one of my worst questions
0: that I get, my least favourite question is, like, how do you define food from Ghana? It's like, mm, well...
2: That's a big conceptual... You're not a philosopher. <laughs> 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 I might have been last night at three in the morning. That's, that's true.
0: true. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, you can't. Ghana, people don't understand how big Ghana is either because yeah. it's a massive country. Yeah. Very, very different landscapes from the south to the north. Um, and so, the, of, co- of course, the diet changes and what the main ingredients are. But, like, I mean, you can kind of think of the main staples. Like, everyone thinks of jollof as, like, the national dish. And, you know, to a point, yes, it's true. Um, and, you know, you have to kind of... The key things are, you know, your yams, your plantains, all of the carbs that get reworked into different variations. So for a yam, yes, you can use it like a potato, right? So you can chip it or boil it or whatever. But also that gets pounded into um, something called fufu.
2: Which is
0: like um, a very starchy, sticky mound of carb. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) But it's great with stews. Mm-hmm. You know, and you use it as a, you pinch it, and then you use it as like the tool to eat with.
2: Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, so it's like a kind of like a between a mash and a bread. Yes, that's a great description. I should write that down.
0: <laughs> uh, And you can do the same thing with plantain. You can do the same thing with can coconut. you? Yeah. So you, have so you put, put amazing... some
2: flour in with it or something then to no, stir no, it up. No. It just does it naturally you just, if, you, if you pound it. Yeah, you just you kind of you boil
0: the, um, the whatever the the root vegetable is. Yeah, and then. You literally pound it with water. Like the process of pounding fufu, fresh fufu, yeah. is insane. Really, watch. my aunt. You have to be very, very strong, ripped and ripped to yeah. hell, and um, <laughs> agile because you got boom, boom, boom. So you got pound wicked. with one hand, and you got to add water with the other. Oh, <laughs> oh I love it! It's, it's, it's almost it's, musical. It's like, super physical, but it's. I love it. Um, but yeah, so one of the great things about what is consistent in Ghanaian food is the fact that it is. Yeah, they have so many wonderful ways of extending the lives of different things.
2: Right. Um, and
0: lots of fermented things like locust beans and and Aha. So those kind of processes exist up down. But for example, on the south coast, obviously they have this amazing seafood and fish. Okay, okay. There, and you have Lake Volta going up the, kind not quite the middle, but up the right-hand side. So you know, all up the Volta, you get lots of different um, versions of tilapia, for example. Okay. But we're more in the north, it would be very pulse heavy and okay, yeah, lots yeah. more
2: uh, fermented things. Sure, and maybe more like, I don't know, standing up animals. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> a bit more goat. Yeah, a um, bit more goat. Okay, what have we got? So we've got red rice, guacho, is... some sautéed okra, and. Oh cocaine. You were like, oh, I was going to do more. Um, this is insane, see. look at all this! And plantain, calabella. <laughs>
2: A scrum umptious. No! And then you can be in my podcast. So in this next bit of conversation we've segued a bit into talking about the charity and appeal that we're both backing, which is who introduced us.
0: Time to shine, it's a charity that supports educating children in Ghana. Yeah. And they've got this amazing uh campaign running at the moment
2: that's
0: getting match-funded by the government.
2: Yeah, that's very cool. So it's like yeah, Aid Match UK. Which is what they, and they've had to fight this amazing charity, development charity. The whole point of them is that they don't want to exist anymore, they don't want to be needed. Over half, I think something like 65% of kids in Ghana don't get even a basic education, don't even get to go to primary school. So, what this campaign is doing, what this appeal is doing, is changing that. All the money is going to go into making sure that the maximum number of children possible in northern Ghana specifically get to have at least a primary education. And the reason they're not is because so many families are in so much poverty that they can't afford to send their kids to school because they need the money that they'll be earning, even when they're little kids. A lot of the families in poverty in Ghana live off less than £1.50 a week, so they need their kids to work and not be in school. And this appeal is going towards changing that. And it runs from the 3rd of December to the 4th of March 2019. So any money that you give in that stretch of time, the government match it pound for pound through this UK aid match scheme. One idea I've had, I think this could fly, is if you've got uh, someone, I think, I don't know, I've, I've got a handful of people I've got, not got to get a Christmas present for, but will get a Christmas present for, and there are people who have uh, have got enough stuff Like a baby, mates with a baby. Yes. Little babies don't really need much yet. They don't really. But you want to get them something because you're happy for your friends. Um, Why don't you get them, instead of, like, more plastic crap and clothes that a baby's going to live in for one week before it's outgrown it in the universe, why don't you spend that 30 quid giving it to Africa's Time to Shine Appeal and the government will have to give another 30 quid and you've effectively given 60 quid... To a campaign that's honestly going to be changing people's lives for the better. And you've also made your child a charitable donor. You have, you've also, yeah. that kid, You've got rid of all the original sin <laughs> of that evil baby <laughs> in Absolutely. one fell swoop.
0: You've, you've created an angel.
2: <laughs> I need to get a picture of these hot sauces. Right, have you see. made these hot sauces? Of course, you've made these yeah, hot so sauces. Yeah, so this one's
0: a, the Shito I was talking about earlier, which is kind of like a medium version. so in that you've got lots of chilies and um, smoked crayfish and uh, prawns and then the green one is called it's a little tiny green chili called Papo poshito
2: sounds cute it does sound cute exactly
0: (laughs) exactly. it looks adorable and it punches you all over the mouth Um, so yeah that's blended with coconut oil and ginger a bit of garlic and then this is like I've roasted loads of different uh, red peppers
2: Mm. Um, and it's like just a red peppery I'm so excited. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, I'm going to try medium first.
0: Yeah, African. So we're also, you know, we've been working for them for like, about a year, really. I mean, Have I always try to partner with some Ghanaian charity because I worked for a, lo- a long time at Kickstart Ghana. Right. And, you know, we used to do events with them. And, yeah, and then Afra kids is also a very cool charity. So It's we, so cool. Yeah, we've been, like, donating off of our menu sales or whatever oh, it is. Oh, wow, okay. And so, yeah, when they asked us to do a part of this, I was like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's
2: yeah, a great I mean way to too. get the
0: government to spend money, isn't
2: it? <laughs> on something good, exactly. Especially at the moment, in the midst of all the chaos. Mm. Mm. That plantain's amazing. I think the fact that they don't want to exist is amazing, and I think the fact that, as a charity, then it, it's real long-term thinking. It's all about mm. ways to putting an infrastructure in place a lot of the money that this appeal is going to raise will go to like training teachers partnering teacher-student relationships that mean that educating people who's i think a lot of the time where people don't even get a basic education their parents won't have done either Mm. so even going in there and being able to explain and teach parents who didn't get an education themselves why it's still really important that their kids do so the longer-term impact of it is something that they'll have factored in. Yeah. God, this is so yummy. It's
0: such a strange... Um, I mean, I was in Ghana a couple of months ago, actually, and, mm. you know, in the crowd, there's, like, this huge amount of change that's happened over the last 10, 20 years. Really? Yeah. And there's so much foreign investment there because it's, well, it's such an amazing country. Yeah. Um, it's called, like, the gateway country to Africa. So if you're scared of going to Africa, go to Ghana. Really? And it will really calm you down about the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, It's just an incredibly friendly, open place to yeah. explore. And while, you know, everybody does speak English for the most part, because it was, it's a former colony. Right. So it's really easy to, like, exist there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's this horrible contrast that goes on. Because I don't think of Ghana as, like, a third world country, you know. It's... it's it's big cities are very developed. Right, yeah, yeah, Accra yeah. is very developed. But at the same time, you know, along the coast maybe, I stayed at um, this amazing place called Blue Moon Lodge. Insanely beautiful. And the guy took us out fishing one morning, you know, and he was, like, he was talking about the fact that, like, he couldn't go to school, basically, because he couldn't afford it. Like, his family couldn't afford
2: to, go to for him to go to school. Well, it's not just if the kid isn't working... It's that you have to buy books, uniforms, all of that, of that, that stuff. And that actually, if you're living on the line, mm. that stuff's...
0: Oh, you, I mean, dinner's more important than a book, isn't it? Yeah, totally.
2: Or is it? It is to us, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that impression. <laughs> We've got that in common. <laughs> mm. I'll improvise a story tonight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is so delicious. And any charity that's
0: about... Engaging, you know, a community to help themselves or, yeah, empower. A yes, community.
2: exactly, exactly. So it's a great idea. Well articulated. Thanks. This is so delicious. That medium spicy one is so nice. Mm. And um, then, is this, is that the yam? Mm. It's so nice with those shiitake mushrooms and it's so salty. I love mm. that. That was a surprise to me and a really happy one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what? I famously. Under salt my food normally because my dad
2: over salted everything. Right, right. So did my mum actually? And I think from I'm from like a really salty family of salt. Oh really? My dad's side, same, like yeah. over salt everything. But it means now I've got the same. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, I lick the sea. Yeah.
0: So, so you. I try to things. undersalt things, but um, so you know, salt is like a. Uh, and obviously, it's mm-hmm. a necessary balance in any dish, but. It's, you, can't, you can't take it away once you put it in, do you know what I mean? So no, no, it's done, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that, that red red,
2: mm. the salt and the spice and everything else, but that is just a perfect thing to go with it because it's just, like, earthy, really mm. deep. Yeah, really deep. Mm. But m- milder, and... Oh, I don't know how to describe it better than... I just want to say earthy again. <laughs> <I think. laughs>
0: Um, yeah, red, red. This is a, it's a, it's the other thing people don't realise is how many... It's like, there's all these misconceptions about what African food is and bush meat. Everyone eats bush meat and it's all like greasy, meaty stuff. And it's really not. like. So many amazing uh, vegetables and yeah. grains um, and pulses. And yeah, a lot of the staples in people's diets are vegan or vegetarian because mm-hmm. meat is a luxury, actually. Yeah. Until China has suddenly started flooding Ghana with the uh, oh really cheap chicken, which is really somehow, yeah, I'm really not happy about it. Actually, that's what it's... Hear me, I'm really not happy about it. <laughs> well, I'm not happy about it either,
2: and I didn't know. Learning, learning. <laughs> on, this is one of the negative oh. changes I know. Okay, of was, like of kind of the kind of uh, industrialization of the cities, global exactly. economy, etc., etc. Just an influx of horribly bred, masses chicken. Exactly.
0: And it's really unnecessary because, you know, there is so much farmland. And Mm -hmm. inherently, you know, guinea fowl, which is very big in that sort of natural poultry. Right. uh, And like spent hens, they are like the most organic kinds of poultry you
2: can get. Spent hens, just to be super clear, is a hen that's finished laying and so then you eat her up. Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) But she's had a nice long life. She's had a good life. Yeah. She's had loads of eggs.
0: (laughs) And yeah, there was like five KFCs in Accra, and I was
2: like,
0: what, what the hell? I know. And people were saying to me that even KFC use imported Chinese chicken, and I was happy to hear, actually, that people have been kind of boycotting KFC because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I met some great chefs. I was really lucky to do a supper club in Accra, actually, with a uh, Chef... Wow! B- yeah. With Chef Binta and uh, Chef JJ, well, sorry, Chef J, sorry, mm-hmm. um, otherwise known as McCarthy Chic. <laughs> um, and we did a supper club together. And we just got on famously. We'd yes. never met before. I met. was talking about our love of food and, like, how do, how do you honour tradition and, like, move the food forward and yeah. all of that stuff. And we're all, like, on the same page. And we're talking about... Because another thing is, like I found it really hard to get hold of phonio and millet and these grains that are indigenous there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is happening now? Like, And people don't use chop bars in the same way they used to. So chop bar is, like... Um, do you know what you're in Bali like a warang do you know those no you're going to have to taste it. <laughs> so it's like a, let's call it a roadside eatery right 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 so it's like um, but it's not fish and chips it's yeah like, of it's, course. Like, it's yeah, yeah, substantial yeah. food but it's not a restaurant and it's not sure. street food yeah
2: somewhere in the, in the middle an equivalent remember? here maybe like a greasy spoon that does like or like like this. In South East London, there's lots, there's lots, I say lots, there's probably like three now, but like Irish cafes, actually. Really? But way you can get like, there's one called Maggie's by Lewisham Station that's been there forever. Wow. where it's fry-ups, but also you can get omelettes, jacket potatoes, and then like, it's sturdy. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Of but it's stuff. not like high-end, it's yeah. affordable, mm-hmm. but it's also not fish and chips. You wouldn't get a takeaway, you'd sit in mm-hmm. in there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, my mouth is full. Tea from a big urn. And yeah, so...
0: But you have this huge sort of growing middle class who mm. are basically dissociating now because there's also lots of fancy Western restaurants. There's, like, high-end Italian and French and Japanese and... Right. You know, it's all very aspirational, which is understandable to want to attach to those things, but it doesn't mean that distance has been created between people and their relationship with their own ingredients and food. Mm. You know, I think, I think it's... when well, we decided it was problematic, um... And then part of that discussion, we were like, okay, how can we like make make changes about this? And mm. um, so we decided to create an African food forum. Ooh, ambitiously. Um, so that comes with three things. One, for me, the biggest there's two big parts. One is about celebrating African chefs in Africa, and that's because of my concern about cultural appropriation yeah. and you know getting the right attention to the right people who are making this food. Yeah, and celebrating that. And then obviously having this conversation about sustainability and um, the environment and how do you get people farming their own land again before it gets bought up and there's nothing yeah. left to farm. And all that, so yeah, it's an exciting big project that hopefully will come together. What's it called? I'll put a link in the thing, Africa Food Forum. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, and so we're doing lots of like, basically the, the idea is to take some chefs on the tour. to yeah. so take them to New York, take them to San Francisco. Uh, cook at James Beard, cook at Moad, wow. Do some stuff in London with me. really Get like a nice momentum going for people to, um, you know, get interested Wicked. in it.
2: Yeah. I mean, on a selfish note, tell me when these people are here so that I can do podcasts with them as well. <laughs> <laughs> Not just so I get to eat their food, but mm. I will have you know, make more people aware that who these people are. Mm.
0: That's
2: a great idea. I think that there's lots of countries... Even if you look at like um, lots of stuff that grows in England, there's all sorts of wild herbs and stuff like that. Just went out of fashion with the Tudors, you know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But there's stuff that, and now you're totally avant-garde if you go out foraging. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, that stuff's coming back. I mean, yeah. in the '80s, '90s, you would have looked like a lunatic, yeah, for wanting to go out and 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 make something out of what is available around you, yeah. Even the 70s, I suppose, but, like, there's a good, there was a good 20, 30 years where that would be, like, what are you thinking? <laughs> Basically post-World War II, then it all went to shit, and it's just sort of coming back, that idea of um, well, that provenance, yeah. well, etc. cetera.
0: The, the, one of the <laughs> negative impacts of the... Well, you know, it's the industrialisation of the food and mm. that happened after the war, is not it? It's like, yeah. how do you... have got to feed all these people um, who've been impoverished and on rations for the yeah. last
2: however long. And it did... You know, that's why we have so much factory... Yeah chicken and terrible stuff that's the only reason I flirt with veganism by the way I don't have a I'm not worried about animals dying per se I <laughs> think they're delicious like, it's just the scale of it it's yeah. just the scale of it Yeah, and it's a problem yeah. but you
0: know that's another interesting thing because it's going to happen to like the I nearly said the vegan economy, and I don't think I've ever heard
2: that phrase before, but I like it. Well, there's an economy there. Yeah, there's definitely people rinsing it. But it's also, like, that is going to become industrialised as well. So it's all yeah. very well
0: saying well, like... Well, also,
2: a lot of vegan diets just do involve lots of food that will have come from a really long way away. Mm. And like we were saying earlier, when things become a fad, it can, if you're not careful, really bollock up the place that it's coming from. Like yeah. quinoa, apparently, is a kind of staple carb in Bolivia and now Bolivians can't afford it mm. <coughs> no, is Venezuela. Yo, oh, Avocados Venezuela uh, Avocados the amount of water it takes to grow an avocado <laughs> oh, oh. Um, <laughs> It's embarrassing It's embarrassing I've got long train journeys for the rest of today. I don't have to sort of engage my brain again, really. Yeah. I've got bits of things to prep, but I don't actually have to stand in front of people or meet a new person or whatever until this evening now. I don't have to see anyone. Oh, yes. but I do have an inbox to deal with. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, there's that. <laughs> but no-one needs to know what no. state of alertness you're in for that. I
0: can be in my... And often I am. You no know, idea, I wake up at, like, six in the morning. Really? I've got a really bad habit, I don't know if I should be saying this properly, but I wake up at six in the morning, I have my coffee, and a fag. Yeah. And I it has happened I will sit in my
2: pyjamas all day working. Oh, I mean, yes please. Yes please. That's the dream.
1: Yeah.
2: And conversely, if Maybe I run early by, and I don't have, uh, <laughs> and I don't have to, I mean this is the gig economy. That's the mm. major upside really. Mm. That and the flexing hours. <laughs> it's the gym jams. Um, (laughs) Yeah, converse, if I'm not working of an evening, uh, I get in my gym jams when I'm getting my kid in his gym jams. Yeah. Which is sort of half six. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is comfort, though. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes there's only been a few-hour window with clothes, normal outdoor clothes. I think
0: one of my ideal days... Is like you know when you have a proper cozy duvet day and you're just like in your dressing gown, so cozy, like yes. mugs of tea, biscuits, mm.
2: just watching like binge binge watching something, a whole series, yeah. yeah. I've just my uh, son is three and I am um, he's just just become um, intelligent enough <coughs> to endure an entire film oh on God. a shit weather day. No, it has to be a cartoon, mm. and it, there will be a lot of questions asked <laughs> by him about what's going on. But I don't mind watching a kids' film. That is, no. and and there needs to be quite a quite a steady snack stream. Oh yeah, in going. But that that is that feels quite like yeah. Oh, is it raining? Let's watch Tangled. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: get Tangled.
2: in. Five-second rule, yes or no? Oh, absolutely
0: yes. Yeah. good, thank you, please. <laughs> I actually call it a 30-second rule.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up in a house where it... 30 seconds was very agreeable. Yeah, <laughs> totally fine, totally fine. Yeah. Same here, and the other dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I'm rarely ill. No, I'm never ill. I've got a stomach like steel.
2: Yeah, nails. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. It's because we yeah. Grew up on... It dirt. <laughs> 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 and also
0: things yeah. like my mum like she used to cook like a beautiful pot of like some let's say it was like Irish stew or something yeah. stereotypically Irish.
2: Yeah.
0: And it would just sit on the hob for like four or five days and it just got better every day.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh people, no, that's gorgeous. People don't
0: um, don't like that kind of thing anymore. do they? No. What? What? Because they think
2: this needs to go in the fridge and no, it depends on yeah. I mean, obviously. We're not advocating. I'm not advocating your fridge. <laughs> I'm
0: not advocating eating five-day-old stew, <laughs> unless you are confident about what's happened in the making of it. Unless you have the storing of it. superheroes and the, tummy. Um, but no. Yeah. I mean, obviously, as well, cooking for a restaurant is different than cooking at home. But
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. There is some. And so, anything that you eat in a particularly like ritualistic way.
0: Mm-hmm. I, that,
2: it often seems to be with confectionery that people have, like, mm. a thing or, like, a type of, I don't know, whatever. It's a broad question. It is broad, isn't it? Ritualistic. As in, like, I have to
0: have, like, so if I had, like, a, pop, a packet of chocolate digestives, I'd yeah. have to have a cup of tea next to me.
2: Yeah. I mean, everybody does because they're dry. I mean, they're delicious, but they are dry. But what, you wouldn't have them with a cold drink? No, absolutely not. Wouldn't you?
0: No.
2: OK, well, see, that's the kind of thing that people think, oh, no, that I think that's normal, and you go, no, that isn't. No, oh, no, you need that warmth in your mouth. Right. But I don't yeah, dunk. Yeah. Oh, you don't dunk? No dunking. I too, like scared
1: it to fall, to, too scared I, of the
2: fall? Too scared of the fall off? The fall off. The droop. Flop. I, Live your life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Live your life to an extreme, so... <laughs> I'm just not just, there yet. <laughs> I'm not ready I feel like i have just advocated
2: bungee jumping I don't want really, like yeah, just, just dunking
0: perhaps, um, but I think it's because it's got chocolate on it I don't yeah. like a chocolate when the chocolate slides off into the mug I'm no, like no you. I want to feel that crispy yeah. crunch chocolate in my mouth but for example a, a bourbon or a custard cream happily dunk sturdy yeah, sturdy
2: firm, firm. <laughs> Heavily processed. <laughs> <laughs> they are they aren't they? It's not gonna they a are. bit of that's not gonna fall off. Mm. I remember the very first time a bit of biscuit fell off into a cup of tea, thinking <laughs> I'm quite ex- naively naive and excited <laughs> about when I got to it at the bottom. And it was Wush. really gross. Yeah. I mean it's really gravelly, it's, it's like liquid MDF. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm in my time. I still haven't finished explaining Sankofa. Okay, hang okay, on. Okay. Tell yeah. me about Sankofa. So, having done all this amazing... Oh, I was talking about travelling around Africa. Mm. So, so yeah, I made a documentary with CNN Africa in um, Kenya and Uganda. Um, about food and food culture. And I did it all through the lens of women who cook. Oh, wicked. Um, and that was great fun. And I learnt loads. And then um, I also had this very weird gig at the beginning of the year with a cruise liner, whose name I probably can't mention,
2: but... Oh, my God, I, I tried doing comedy on a cruise, and it went so badly, I did a whole show about it. Did you? <laughs> Old a whole tour called The Silence of the Nans. Oh, it's amazing! It was one of the worst things. It's, it's a very was... interesting environment,
0: isn't it? Oh, please. So there's this cruise around West Africa, basically, oh. and um, I was doing, like, chef know apparently, and that was it, really. Yeah. But there was that, you know, <laughs> got on this boat, and it was, it was literally like a, a floating nursing home. Yeah.
2: And I was like... What? It's like a floating
0: funnet." What is that? Yeah, floating funnit as well. That's right, yeah. yeah. And I was like, why am I here? Yeah. Um, and, but, I mean, the fun and not fun part was the weather was so terrible. <clears throat>
2: for the first, oh, no. It took us
0: about four days to get out of the port of Spain.
2: Oh, no.
0: <laughs> oh, that's quite funny. And my wife, Sarah, had the worst seasickness. Oh, no. So I, in the end, I didn't have to do very much. And when I did do the demos, weirdly... Um, they, like, they they actually interacted with it like really positively mm. and everyone was definitely over 70 you know. but they loved the food and they loved talking to me about the food and everybody knew someone who'd, had had spent time on uh, the colonies oh, <laughs>
2: oh god I'm not into it <laughs> anyway, I'm not into so it so on that
0: cruise yes, I got to so. go to like, Gambia and a few other places yeah. so I picked up some tips on the way down there oh wicked and basically yeah so after 8 years of going to kitchen I mean, I love my business, obviously, but as a chef and yeah. as a person who's fairly creative, you know, that vehicle doesn't allow me to play around with all those other recipes mm-hmm. and stuff. St. means go back and fetch it. Okay. Um, so it's, I guess the idea is it's more of a pan-African. I hate that phrase, pan-African, but I can't think I of like it. I
2: like the back. sound of it. I mean, there's a reason <laughs> why I caught on. Pan-African. Pan-African. Pan African. Pan Af- yeah, pan-African. So it's like doing. It makes you sound clever, doesn't it? it? Pan.
0: Uh, Intercontinental
2: Africa. Continental Africa? I don't know. Continental Africa. You could call a cookbook um, Source Pan Africa. (laughs) 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 I'm own boss and I want you to know I've just fired myself.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Source Pan Africa. No, don't ever actually do that. I'm sorry I said it out
2: loud. But
0: it's funny though. (laughs) Like <laughs> could be a hashtag. <laughs> <source> <laughs> that. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's a celebration of what I consider to be well, you know, it's so an accumulation of my experiences and recipes so far, and um, what is my continued, I guess, investigation into what all these amazing profiles are. So it's like, but to do it in a little bit more of a slightly um, grander way. So it's right. like these eight course <coughs> tasting menus with like wine flights, and so I get to learn, to sort of utilize some of the technical. I guess, skills I've acquired over the last few years in particular because I've been yeah. lucky enough to cook alongside. I mean, I've never done a stagé or I've never worked in anybody else's restaurant, actually. Mm-hmm. So it is very much like the hard work of teaching yourself how to do this thing. Yep, yep, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but alongside that, I have had, um, you know, I, I cooked at the World Culinary Institute of America. Wow. And I was like, Jeremy Chan was there, Shola was there, Chef JJ, like some amazing chefs. And again, I thought, why am I here? <laughs>
2: No imposter so syndrome, syndrome,
0: please. Um, but I learned so much in that just in that week, like watching it, And they were, were all like using very similar ingredients to me. I, was yeah.
2: like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. Get and in. Then, oh, okay,
0: so it was great fun. And then I also cooked at James Beard. So I've learned loads that I would like to apply, but I can't really do those applications in the Ghana kitchen context because it's yeah. fast casual. Um, my customers have a very specific price point and stuff like that, and right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you want everyone to be able to eat it, you know. Yeah. Um, sorry, no, Sankofa, March 2019. New concept.
2: Excellent! <laughs> Sankofa. Yeah. Tell me what it means again. Go back and fetch it. Go back and fetch it. You might That say, really does sound like something I'd bark at my kids. I was just about to say, it sounds like, like something you say to the dog. Yeah, And is that, um, spelled it, S-A-N-K-O-F-A? Yeah. But really,
0: oh, really is awesome. I mean, when I hear that, I think of well, what I've been doing and what lots yeah. of people do. Is that like going back to your roots and bringing it into... Yeah. Your, yeah, your situation. Your I present. Think it's <laughs>
2: A really heavy jar of magic appears which contains the power to make brilliant education available for free for everyone everywhere in the world so that amazing appeals like "African's Time to Shine are no longer necessary but the jar needs smashing open and only you can do it, weirdly. To smash it open you have to run 20 miles on a treadmill whilst also singing If You're Happy and You Know It, clap your hands whilst also doing all the actions, tap your head, there's... I think you pat your knees without stopping for a break ever. It sounds impossible, Zoe, but you do it. You're a hero. And then what? <laughs> your reward. <laughs> and then what? She's like, that. easy. Too easy. Your reward is the feast of your dreams. Oh, wow. Obviously, you can yeah. have a shower or whatever, you want to feel human again. But, you, you know, you're hungry. You've worked for it. None of the food has to be possible or it doesn't have to exist, it can all be theory, Not any of these answers. So I want to know what you'd eat, mm. what you'd drink, who with, and where.
0: Oh, wow, that's great, that uh, question. I'm still feeling tired from the, all the mm. stuff I've done mentally. Just kind of. but, yeah, um, That okay, was a long what,
2: paragraph, I'm sorry. Well,
0: I, I mean, I know, I'd eat at home, I think.
2: <coughs> oh, that's not, nice. I think I'd have yeah, like an little, awesome home.
0: I, just, I like being at home, I like eating at home, I like the cosiness of mm. it. And I'm not into, I mean, I like going to nice restaurants, obviously, mm-hmm. when I can afford it. But I'm not like, I don't know, I just, I just like the environment, cosy home. Yeah. So it'd be at home. How many people are for dinner? It's up to you. Oh, OK. You don't have to have anyone there if you don't want. Oh, no. I would definitely have um, Anthony Bourdain. Wow. I would have Oprah. Yes! Yes! Probably Michelle Obama has to come. Oh, she's <laughs> got to be everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Ava DuVernay. Oh, Nice. Do you know, I used to always want. Oh, for feel Um, I used to always want. Um, What's his chops? Not Will Sell. I did have a weird fascination with him, but you've got so many did you? of his books
2: when I was. You have got a lot of his books. I, there's just something sexy about his. Um, Misery. That's yeah. is Malay. Eat the Malay. I don't know if I've won in... Well, no. since your dinner party. No, no I don't no. know why I'm even joining in.
0: I've very much grown out, of course. Right. <laughs> 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 so I've got Ava DuVernay, Oprah, yeah. um, Michelle, Anthony Bourdain, <coughs> Tina Fey. Nice. I think that's enough. I think that's a good balance. Yeah, lovely. That's a lovely balance. And what would we eat? Oh God, damn, that's so hard. Um... I think what I would drink would be like the best red wine in the world available, I <gasps> don't know what that is. No, nope. but it was listeners tweeting Um tell us what that is. It, be, it would probably be a bottle I reckon that would normally cost a human something like a grand. Oh so, yeah, never, something
2: out of some fusty
0: cellar. I would never spend that kind of money on wine, but this yes. is a dream. And then food, oh God, I want to say ground up soup. Yeah,
2: have that means I'm cooking is not it no oh really there's no one have you ever had groundnut soup I like this but it's a busman's holiday this is it entirely it, you can make this up so yeah. you could have made it whenever you, you're not cooking this evening if oh, you don't want to be okay, it can be as good as yours but no graft required from okay, you okay great so we'll have a delicious massive
0: vat yes. of peanut butter soup so, so, um, with beautiful beautiful hogget and um some, some plantain foo and I'm going to mm. make everybody eat with their hands. Yes, that's it. And plantain, plantain, plantain on the side. A pudding? Mmm. I'm not a huge pudding person. Me neither. You don't have to have one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what though, we'll have a Scotch bonnet ice cream and a an biscuit sorbet because. <gasps> um, Scotch mango- bonnet ice cream. And a mango filling and a chin chin crunch. That is the best dessert that we—what well, am I say We, me and my yeah.
2: wife, have ever created for our menu and yes. that's what I'll give them <gasps> scotch bonnet ice cream it's delicious that sounds off the charts it's I've it's only good. ever once had a chilli ice cream and it was in um, it was an Italian restaurant in here on Roque yeah not known for um, spice, is it? no and the restaurant I'll look it up and put it in the notes it's a really lovely tiny little independent restaurant and it looks like nothing is it Honour Oak? Yeah, cool. it's like behind... If you come out of Honour Oak Station you go down the road to where the T-Junction is, and then there's, like, another road where the bus depot is, where the... Uh, anyway, this is very local and specific. <laughs> this is just for people that live in Broccoli, Ladywell, Are you ocean. lost in Honour Oak? It's like a little... It's like a little back road of, like, post office... Random little independent, you know, spa, tiny, yeah. you know, offy or whatever. And then there's this place. It looks like nothing. And I raved about it. And a friend took his partner there. And then um, she totally misunderstood and like got real dressed up. Oh, it's not that kind of place. <laughs> and he was livid with me I because. The, uh, the but all I was doing was talking about the food. I was like, this food. There's... Yeah, yeah, I do the opposite. Always we're in our gym jams <laughs> 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 um, but this place is the food is fine they only ever really have two or three things on the menu respect mm-hmm. for that a pizza a fish thing a pasta thing right. that's that mm-hmm. what it's great for is they make all their own ice cream oh, and there's yeah. some wonky ass flavours in there there's wonky. like garlic whatever but the chilli one is the, one of the few permanent flavours and it's it's slow to, it doesn't get you at first it's all about yeah. and it makes you wait for that Right. Speaking
0: of wonky flavours, Lee from Black Axe Mangal, who is also at World of Flavours Coloring Institute conventionally, he made a foie gras ice cream. Now, <gasps> it was insanely delicious. Insanely. I don't know what terrifying brilliant mind he has, to put that
2: as a combination. but um, Genius.
0: It's very delicious. Wow. I, mean, I
2: don't even really... I'm not a huge fan of my No, me neither. I'm like, for all the agony, (laughs) is it worth it? But (laughs) yeah, in a context like that, if you're going to find something new to do... Yeah, but it was great. As part of, like, some fun experimenting, why not? (sighs) How cool was that? Good Lord, it made me hungry listening back. I can't tell you how much I'm all over that cookbook too, and how dead set I am hitting up one of Zoe's supper clubs in the new year. She's on all the socials where she'll be putting details of everything she's up to as at Garner Kitchen. But forget all the usual stuff about getting in touch with and following me. This episode, please, just donate to This Appeal. If you get any spare money at all before the 4th of March, please go to afrikids.org forward slash shine. And thank you in advance for that. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy Hoovering.